Okay, first of all, Shkaich to Hill. Shkaich for sponsoring uh, this morning's learning. Hill Erech, Lazech, Nishma, Menachem Mendel, Ben Meshit Siakain, the Shemesh of an Aliyah. And with that, only Shevet Brach and Aslacha should come to you, the whole family, the whole, the whole Kila, all of Kalah Yisrael. Okay, so um, continuing on in Sefer Yeshua. So we're going to move on to Parakeh. Okay, so hope, I hope I made enough copies. I'm not sure. But uh, okay, if you have the copy, good. If not, you know, listen on outside and uh, hopefully it'll be okay. So the last sugi, the last, Parak Gimel and Parak Dalit was about the uh, story of Kal Yisrael crossing over the Yardin and all the miracles that took place over there. And just, uh, you know, to get a, a sense of it, that took place, as we spoke about last week, it took place on uh, the 10th of Nisan. Basically, the same date as Shabbos HaGadol. So we were talking about, you know, within a week to Pesach. And so now the Jewish people have crossed over the Ardain. It is now the 11th of Nisan. It's the following day. And so that's where Parakeh picks up. Okay, so Parakeh, there's a few different stories within Parakeh. It's a short Parak, but there's still a, little, a, few, a few stories in it. So today we're just going to focus on sort of the first part of Parakeh. So on, on one side of the sheet you have uh, Parakeh, the fifth Parak of Sefer Yeshua. So we're going to go through just a little bit quickly. Um, we'll see what we can cover. So just a little bit of an intro. The first part of the parak, again, as I said, picks up on now Kal Yisrael on the other side of the Yardin. We're in Eretz Yisrael proper for the first time. And Parakei, the Rabbanu Shalom says to Yeshua Benun, now that you're in Eretz Yisrael, even before you settle down and, and, and rest and uh, prepare for breaking through the city of Yericho, the first thing you have to do is make sure that all the Yidin have a bris Because this is something we're going to learn about today which is that when Kalah Yisrael left Mitzrayim, so, so uh, that obviously they had a bris milah, you know, by Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, that original Pesach, so Kalah Yisrael had to have a bris milah in order to have the current Pesach, in order to go. But we do know that the, that we know that milah has really two parts to it. There's milah, the actual removal of the foreskin, and then there's priya, which means that a, a small, uh, thin uh, membrane also has to be removed. And the Gemara says in halacha, kol shalay paras kilo shalay mol. If a per- you have to do both, they're both. It's makiv. If a person just did mila without priya, that's not good. So basically, without going into too much details, we know that historically a, a very strange phenomenon took place, which is that Klai Yisrael in the midbar did not have a bris mila. Did not have a bris mila. Those yidden that were born in the midbar were not gemal. They did not were not given a bris mila. And even those Yidin that left Mitzrayim entering into the Midbar, they had Mila, but they didn't have Priya. Okay? Now that's a, a fascinating thing. In Halacha, the reason that, it, that, that such a thing happened was because the desert environment was dangerous and unhealthy for such surgeries. So that's why uh, in Halacha they were Patras and Aynas, they had no choice they, uh, to, to do such a thing. So the Yidin of the Midbar, that generation, did not have a mit, they didn't have a Mila, a proper Mila. So now they're coming into Eretz Yisrael, so Hashem says to Yishu Benon, okay, so now it's time to give Kal Yisrael bris mila. So let's go through some of the, the Pesukim. So again, the beginning of Parakei, Vahi Kishmaya Kol Malchi HaMoyri, Ha'ashabeva Yardin Yama. Now, the, the, what's interesting is, we're going to speak about this, these first few Pesukim are sort of continuing a little bit of what happened, based on Parak Gimel and Parak Dalet, about Kal Yisrael crossing over the Yardin. So it says that when all the kings of Amori on in the in Eretz Yisrael proper, v'chol Malchia Kanan, and all the kings of Canaan, Asher Al Hayom that are on the Mediterranean, that whole area, Eis Asher Hayvish Hashemis Mei Yardu Vevei Yisrael, when all the nations heard and saw this great wonder that Hashem dried up the Yardin to allow Klai Yisrael to cross over, Ad Avram until Klai Yisrael passed over the Yardin. So when they heard this and they saw this miracle, because remember the way the Yardin split. 
it was much it was much more noticeable than Kriyas Yamsuf because a river keeps on flowing and the water kept on piling up higher and higher and higher. So even from a great distance, you were able to see it. So when everyone saw this and heard this, so it says, their heart melted. They had no confidence and no, uh, no ability to stand before the Jewish people. So it really sort of broke the back, the will of the enemy uh, nations that we were entering into. And now the Pasuk in Parakeh continues on to the story about the bris milah. At that moment, Hashem says to Yeshua, make for yourself a sword, like, uh, uh, you know, cutting tools from, from, from rock. And give the Jewish people a second bris milah. Again, the meaning for this is, is that the Yidin that were born in the desert didn't have a bris milah at all, but even those that, that were not born in the Midbar, and maybe they were, they were very young when they left Mitzrayim, so they weren't, you know, of the age that they were allowed, they weren't part of the Gezerah of dying in the Midbar. That was only from 20 and up. So if you were under 20 at the time, then you were able to be in Eretz Yisrael. So they had to have it like a second bris meal to make sure that it was Mila and Priya. So that's what Hashem is saying to Yeshua Benun. Now that you're in Eretz Yisrael, make sure everyone has a bris meal, whether it be the first time they had it, the second time, make sure everything is kosher. And now you'll be able to conquer the land. V'yasla Yeshua Chavetz Tzurim. So Yeshua does this. He makes cutting tools of rock. And he gives the Jewish people of Brismila. El givas ha'arolois. In the place that eventually, that because of this event would be known as the pile, the hills of Arla, of foreskin. That's obviously, it was named based on this event. And this is the reason, this is the, the Indian of, the Jew, of Yeshua Benun giving them a Brismila. Because all the men that came out of Mitzrayim that were male, the ones that were old enough, they, they were given a bris milah properly in, in Mitzrayim, but they eventually died in the Midbar. Those, those adults that left Mitzrayim, they were old enough, they had a bris. But those, the next generation that were born in the desert, or they were left Mitzrayim too young, so then they, uh, they didn't have a bris milah properly. Because those 40 years, Kalei Yisrael traveled in the desert, until that generation uh, that left Mitzrayim died out. Again, because they didn't listen to Hashem in terms of the story of the Meraglim, and Hashem therefore said that you're not going to see the land. The land that Hashem swore to give to our ancestors, He did not give it to them. The children were then established in replace of the parents. Those, those children... Those are the ones that Yeshua Benun had to give a bris milah to. Because they were, they were not gemalt. Uh, they were not given a bris milah while the Jewish were traveling in the desert. <clears throat> so that's what the Pasuk says. Now that everyone, now to bris milah, they, they, they camped in that place until they recuperated from the surgery. And that's what the, the Pasuk says. Um, okay, fine. That's the end of the story of the bris milah. Okay, a few, a few interesting, a few points to, to think about, and then we'll, we'll begin uh, to dive a little bit deeper into this. First of all, just in the order of the parak, it's a little bit funny, because the first few psukim that we read is really carrying, really finishing up from the story of Parak Gimel, Parak Dalit. Again, Parak Gimel, Parak Dalit is about Kalei Yisrael crossing over the Arden. And then, the, then the, these, the first, first, first few psukim of the, of the parak is what? And now that all the nations saw that and heard that, so they were, they were mamish intimidated and they had no confidence at all to face Kal Yisrael. That should be the end 
of Paragdalit. Okay, so Kaiser went over, and, we, and that experience broke the back, broke the will of the, nations, of the other nations, and now Parakeh should begin with a new topic, which is the Brismila. So why would Parakeh, which is the story of the Brismila, start by, by mentioning this idea that all the nations of the world, because of the Yardin experience in Paragdalit, they are now uh, lost their confidence. That, that's, that, that's the old story, which is nice, good to know, but that should be the end of Paragdalit. The truth is that the Pasuk itself sort of, besides the, the fact that the Perak begins with that story, even the Pasuk indicated there's some connection between the two things. Because in Pasuk, uh, in Pasuk Bays, where it starts talking about the story of the Brismila, it, it begins with the words, Ve'esahi, at that time. At that time. Ve'esahi, it, it could have just said, Ve'yomer Hashem al Yeshua, and we would think, obviously it's, it's, at that, it's at that time. But the fact that it says Be'ezi, that at that time, that's when Yeshua Benun was told this message of giving the bris milah, it's, it's indicating that what we just read, which is the fact that the nations of the world lost their confidence, Be'ezi, oh, now you can give them a bris milah. So, okay, so we have to figure this out. What exactly is the connection between the nations of Canaan losing their confidence because of the experience of the Yardin, and now we're giving ourselves a bris milah? What do those two things have anything to do with each other? <coughs> Question number two, which is a more fundamental one, which is how is it possible such a thing that all the, gener- the years of the Midbar with Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe and Aaron with the Mun, they didn't have a bris milah? So I understand. I understand that, that, that uh, in halacha, technically, you're traveling and it's a, a dry and hot environment. It's dangerous for a baby. Hello, you're, you're eating Mun. I mean, the, the whole thing is miraculous. The Rabbani Shalom can't make another miracle that to allow the babies to... To, or the people to heal properly and quickly. Hashem should tell my Rabbeinu, don't worry, I'll, you know, I, I have your back, give a bris meal and finish. What's this in it? So clearly there must be very big hashkacha practice in this, that Davka, that generation that's traveling through the Midbar, shouldn't be given a bris meal. Also, the, the, when I read through the Pesukim, I don't know if you noticed it, I noticed it, it's a little bit lengthy. It's a little bit lengthy. It starts talking about how Okay, I mean, you, all you have to say is that, yes, Hashem said to Yeshua Benun, give everyone a bris milah. Why? Because the generation that left Mitzrayim, that were traveling through the Midbar, didn't have a bris milah. Okay, uh, that's fine. No, the, the Pasuk has to remind us, oh, and by the way, and they died because they didn't listen to, to Hashem by the Miraglim, and now the other generation is, is, is stepping up and replacing them, and uh, sort of taking, you know, stepping into their shoes, and now entering the land, tachtam, in replace of their parents, like, okay, I mean, we know that already, that's, that's Parsha Shlach stuff, I mean, we, we know this already. Would it, why does it have to chazer this again? Like, you mentioned the old generations, we have to just pour, you know, pour salt on an open wound, and you know why they're not here? I'll tell you why they're not here, because they didn't listen to the, to the Miraglim. Uh, it needs explanation, too, like, what's going on over here? And the fact that, they're being, that this next generation is being described as, as replacing the old generation, like, what, what does that mean, tachtan? Why is this necessary to talk about? Okay. So take a look at the other side of the page that we have. So last week we learned some uh, from Chal, so I figure we'll, we'll continue with that too. <coughs> okay, so th- this is, th- there's no way to start this and just to start. Okay, so let's take a look at Marmokin number two. Uh, there's no amount of introduction, so let's just, let's just learn. So in Igeris Nun, this is, I mentioned last week, there's a sefer called Igeris Ramchal, the letters of Ramchal, fascinating, fascinating stuff. So in the 50th uh, letter, Igeris Nun, so the question that he was asked is a fascinating one. And he, he's in the first paragraph in Marmokka number two, again, we'll, we'll get back to one in, in, soon, but he sort of sums up in his own way the question that was posed to him in this letter. Because we don't really have the nusach of the, the questioner, but we have the Ramchal sort of 
repeating the question to give context to the answer. So he says like this, Ki kushi achas nimseis. In the letter, there's a bunch of questions, but, but one question that the Ramchal picks up on that's found in your letter, Vihatsuma, it's a very strong and good question. He says like this, We know, this was the question, Everything the Rabbanishon does to Kala Yisrael and with Kala Yisrael, Everything is, is to do good to us. Everything is for our benefit. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's like medicine, sometimes it's bitter, so we get it. Not everything is pleasant, but everything is ultimately for our benefit and, for, and, to, and to further our mission in this world of to make this world a place of Kedusha and of Tyra and of Yeres Hashem and of God's presence. That, that, that's the purpose. That's our, par- that's our purpose. And everything Hashem does to us is to help us with that mission. So now, Esther Mchal, the question is, how is it possible that we can imagine such a thing? That, that, that it should be good for Kla Yisrael. The question was asked to him, that throughout Golas, we have this phenomenon, Rachman Latzlan, of the Goyim putting pressure and maybe, maybe making rules and so on, anti-Semitic rules, over the Jewish people to, to stop us from being able and being allowed to keep to our mitzvahs. So the question was, how could that possibly be part of the plan? The whole, so he says like this, how could it be such a thing that it should be good for us, the fact that the nations of the world don't let us learn Torah? Kigayim, so he gives an example. Let's say places in the world where the Chakira, that's the Inquisition, where the Inquisition uh, stopped the, the people from learning Shas, from keeping Torah, the Inquisition. So, how could that possibly be a Tikkun? How could that be helping us in our mission? That's holding us back from being able to be in ourselves. The Tikkun that we have, our Shlichus, is, is, is based on Torah mitzvahs. That's the, we- the, that's the material, that's the ingredients, the Tikkun, that's the weapon we have. So Mele says, Mele, if you tell me that the, that the Goyim sometimes make decrees to make it harder, harder on us, and we have to push ourselves even more to keep the mitzvahs, okay, that I understand. Hashem wants a little bit more effort, so he has the Goyim put pressure, and we push back. But then there's such a thing like the Inquisition, where it wasn't a matter of how much pressure, it's impossible, it, it, it's, it's literally impossible. So in that situation, it's not, clearly the bunch was not trying to, get us to push harder on Messias Nefesh to keep to our mitzvahs, it's impossible. It's literally impossible. So then how is that, how is that accomplishing anything? How is that accomplishing anything? So that's the question. It's a good question. It's a very strong question. So now says Ramchal, he introduces us to a, 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 a game-changing idea to understand Jewish history from and to understand your own uh, experiences also. Says Ramchal, a person has to know. It says in Pasuk, that the Jewish people, it's, it's a harsh pasuk. The pasuk is want to face that Hashem holds something against the Jewish people based on what's in our heart. In other words, says Ramchal, let's go back to the original, what, what's our, our mission? On some level, our mission is to, you go all the way back, is to correct that mistake of Adam and Chava, right? When they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now that Avera is interesting. If you think about it, there's really two parts to it. And, any, and many Averis, not all, but many Averis have this, these two parts. On the one hand, there's the action, right? They literally ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Terrible. But on the other hand, there was also the machshava, the thought, and the desire, and the planning that went in into that Avera too. Now, for the most part, generally speaking, Hashem doesn't punish a person for negative thoughts. But there is an exception to that, which is the machshava of doing Avadizar. Now that sin of Admin Chava was an Avadizardik uh, Avera, right? Because 
the Nachash was offering, eat from the tree and you'll be like God. That's, that's the bizarre. Which means that that Aveir itself is really two parts. There's the action and there's also the thought that, the, that Odom and Chava had in terms of, 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 of thinking and planning and wanting to be like God. So it says in Pasuk, as the Jewish people are therefore charged with two missions. Fix all the destruction that was caused by the action of the Chet Yitzadas, but also fix the destruction that was caused by the thought of the Yitzadas as well. The Jewish people sinned with this again, with the Admir Chava, with the Egel, you name it. And that also needs a fixing. Besides action that needs repairing, thought also needs repairing. In other words, explains the Ramchal, there are, two, there are two domains, there are two environments, there are two arenas where the Jewish people have to bring Tikkun to the world. There is the world of action, the practical world, the, the tangible world that was damaged by Adam and Chava. And the truth is, we're, I'm blaming Adam and Chava. The truth is, even before Adam and Chava, the, the, the world was not perfect either. The, the Adam and Chava were, were, were created in order to fix the world, because the world wasn't, wasn't perfect either. It wasn't as bad as it got after the sin, but it wasn't perfect then either. So it really, it really from the very beginning, there's always been these two, these two arenas of Avaida. There's the world of action, and there's also the world of thought. The world of thought. The world of, of, of the intangible side of things also needs tikkun. We have to make this world a place that's full of God's presence, both in terms of the world of Misa and in terms of the world of Machshava. In the writings of the Ramachal, we, we find, I, I, I used this language a little bit last week, although I don't want to confuse it because it's a different concept, really. But in, in, in many places in the Ramachal, he identifies these two arenas as the world of Chitzanias and the world of Pneumias. The world of Chitzanias means... The world of mice, the world of action, that's also an environment that you have to be masaki. But then there's a primis, the world of the neshama, the world of uh, the inner dimension of things, the world that, that we don't see with our own two eyes physically. That also needs tikkun. That also needs rectification. And that world became also very much damaged by the thought of Adam and Chava and the thought of Kali by the Egel. The world of thought is that, is that place. And both of these things need tikkun. V'tzorach shiu imkain, therefore, says Ramchal, because of this, therefore it's necessary, shnei mini dinim. Therefore there has to be two different, two, di- two dinim, there has to be two, uh, two judgments, two ways of Kala Yisrael being put in positions to fix these two environments. Echotik and Amaisa, one is, the, is being masak in action, the Echotik and Amachshav, and one is being masak in thought. And a farish atah kolim berahitim, let me explain very clearly. The Rabbana Shalom, certainly you're right in your question. Everything the Rabbana Shalom does is mida kineged mida, and everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, and it's all the hate of it's all to do good, it's all to put us in a position of strength in order to accomplish something. There should be a tikkun to everything that's messed up, and everything that's broken needs its particular fixing. And therefore, when the Jewish people are in Golas under the jurisdiction of the other side, of the nations of the world, we are going to be given, individually, collectively, different points in Jewish history, we are, going to be get, we are going to be put in a position where we're being charged with fixing one of these two environments, either the world of Machshava or the world of Maisa, the world of Chitzonias or the world of Pneumias. And therefore... Practically speaking, this is how Gulls plays out. There's going to be some positions, some situations where Klai Yisrael are being charged with what? With pushing. 
with pushing back. That we have to be misgabra to strengthen ourselves with whatever koyach we have, bar hamagilam, whatever light we're able to connect to, and to break the klipas, to break through the enemy, and to uh, bring out in the open the kedusha of the Jewish people, to push and to open yeshivas and to open schools and to push yourself to do mitzvahs, to learn more, and even though it's getting harder and harder and the omasaila will, will, will push back, you, you push harder. That's all the approach of the tikkun that's necessary in the world of action. In the world of action, whatever was been damaged, whatever from the very beginning of time was imperfect and became even more imperfect through Adam and Chava and through all the sins of the Chet Egel, V'chulu, V'chulu, that world of action needs tikkun. How do we misak in that? By action. So th- whenever you're in a position where you're charged with fixing that universe, you're always going to be able to keep to our mitzvahs. It might be hard. You might have to push with Messias Nefesh, but you're going to be capable of doing it because that's the mission that you're being charged with at that time. Ay, but there's another, another matzah. The other matzah is where you're not being charged with fixing the world of action. Rather, you're being charged with fixing the world of thought. And over there, it's a different approach. The Rabbanishim will put you in a position that you're not able to keep to our mitzvahs. And what's your avayah then? To want to keep to our mitzvahs. And by wanting and by being frustrated, that deepens your drive not just, not in, and, 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 and you're not going to be able to carry it out. But in the world of machshav, in that world of thought, that's, that's going to be, it's going to be cooking inside of you. And you should know, says Ramachal, that's also being masak in something. It's not bringing a tikkun to the world of action, to chitzanias, but it is bringing a tikkun to the world of thought, to the world of panemias. And that is accomplishing something. He says it, he says it like this. Oi, another option is, shemitachas leklipas atzmam, that underneath, underneath the, the jurisdiction and the, uh, the power of the nations of the world of the, of the other side, you are being in something in a way that's like beneath the radar. They don't even hop what you're doing. It feels to them that they're winning, right? They're stopping us from keeping to our mitzvahs by the Inquisition, v'chulu. but in really what's happening is ka'adam mezayin, it's like a person that's armed, ha'ayim bebetin hari, that's in the belly of the lion, the kare ayisim bebefnim, and the lion, like on the outside, nothing, it doesn't seem to be anything that, that's going on, but on the inside, the guy's on the inside, the, the belly of the beast, cutting his way through from the inside out. And then all of a sudden, when eventually it breaks through, you realize, well, the person has actually been, been fighting the enemy from within. We, I mean, the, the imagery that he, just, that he just mentioned over here definitely brings us to, like, Yaina, right? Being swallowed up by the fish. That, that's also part of the avoid that Yaina was, was going through over there. There's two, there's two paths. There's, there's some times where, as an individual or as a community, Kala are being charged with fixing the world in terms of Misa, and over there, the Umas the, the will put pressure, and our Avaida is to fight back and to be Mizgaber. And, ca- and we're capable of being Mizgaber, of overcoming those Minias, and that's our Avaida. But then there's other situations where it's impossible. It's impossible. Like the example of the it was it's impossible. So then what's the Avaida? So it says Ramchal, then the Avaida is to want, to want, because you don't have any other choice. You don't have any other choice. And then by wanting, by deeply wanting, that that's not just a waste of time or just like making yourself frustrated and, and building momentum for when you're able to, you'll, you'll be, no, that, that right now, that's the way you are being misake and that's the way you are purifying and getting rid of the sitrach or the other side in the world of panemius. There's a world of action, how do you get rid of the enemy? By actually doing mitzvahs. How do you get rid of the enemy in the world of panemius? By wanting to do our mitzvahs despite the fact that you can't. And to like cook in that rutz and to be frustrated. That, that's, that's the beer. That's actually how you are fighting and defeating the enemy in the belly of the beast, in that pneumistic way. Yeah. So 
by when you when you want to do a mitzvah, so it's kilu you did it. So that's true. The meaning of that gemara when it says it's kilu you did it, that's mamish what it means. It means that that by wanting, you're accomplishing something. But what you're accomplishing is different than if you actually did it. In other words, the gemara doesn't mean that it's literally the same. I want to do a mitzvah and I can't, so it's as if I did it. Mamish the same. It's not the same. When you actually do a mitzvah, so then you're fixing and you're 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 act you're acting. You're, the environment that you're in is in the world of chitzaynis, and that's gavaldik. But when you can't do a mitzvah, but you want to, it's as if you did it. In other words, that you're also accomplishing something, but in a different arena, in the world of pnimis. That's what the gemara means. So that's why by that's why if you have the option to do a mitzvah, like you have to do it, right? Because if you if you actually have the opportunity to do it, then that means the rabbanu is saying. That your environment right now, your arena, is chitzonius, is in the world of action, and that's where you're supposed to be. You can't say, well, you know what? I choose to be, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to be. I want to be swallowed up by the fish. That's not. That's that's not your option. Your option is as a soldier, whatever, whatever, whatever situation you find yourself in, that's where you have to fight. Sometimes you're found in chitzonius, and then the fighting means to do the mitzvah, even though it's hard. And sometimes you're found in pinimius, and then that fight is to want to do it, even though it's deeply frustrating in the fact that you can't. And that's, and that's Avaida. So he says as follows. Um, Fine, that, uh, four lines into the second paragraph over there. So too it is, what these tikkunim we're talking about, that are on the inside, that world of Pneumius. Yirbu ar v'tikun, really, it doesn't, you don't see it, because it's not, it's not in the environment of chitzonis, it's in that inner dimension of the world of thought and the world of Pneumius, but really what's happening is over there, major things are being accomplished, major things are being accomplished. And there's an increase of light, and an increase of, of fixing, until the time where the Rabbana Shalom says, that the light of the sun should come out. And then what, what, what's revealed when the, when you, when the, when the soldier like breaks through the lion, you know, then what you realize is that the whole time, unbelievable things have been, have been happening. This is why, by the way, um, there's a stira in Psukim in Tanakh, how Mashiach is going to come. This pasuk that he just that he that he just quoted, there's, there's different Psukim. Some Psukim seem to indicate that Mashiach is like instantaneous. Pisoim uh, out of nowhere, Mashiach is going to come just out of nowhere. And then you have other Psukim that describe Mashiach coming in, in a way of like the rising sun, which is slow and steady, right? It doesn't become it doesn't go from pitch black to pitch to, to you know bright light immediately. It's a it's a process. Which one is it? Is Mashiach a process or is it instantaneous? The answer is, on the outside, it'll seem instantaneous, just like that soldier breaking through the lion, you know. Or I'll give you an example. The, the, the Ramchal maybe gives a little bit more of a better muscle for this. I shouldn't say that, but he gives a different muscle in other farm where let's say you have an apple, right, and there's a worm on the inside of the apple, so you don't you don't know that. So all you see is an apple, and it looks like pretty good to you. But meanwhile, the apple is being eaten on the inside. It, once enough of the flesh on the inside is being eaten by the worm, then all of a sudden on the outside, the thing collapses. And then you realize, whoa, I didn't realize this, but the, the apple was actually being eaten this whole time. I didn't even realize. So Mashiach is like, we're, we're on the outside looking at We don't know what's going on. We just feel, we go through Gullus, and we're thinking to ourselves, you're this, right? things are getting worse. We're not able to learn as much. We're not able to daven as much. We're not able to have as much amuna, and so he's giving an example of like the Inquisition. But the truth is, if you think about it in a more broader sense, the, the phenomenon of Yeridas Hadaris is maybe not a man-made Inquisition. It's a God-made Inquisition, right? The fact that we have no—it's cho- not up to us. We cannot be Rashi, right? We cannot be the Rambam. 
right? That's not, that, so y- y- there's no one to blame. Right? So if th- there's no one to blame. If there's no uh, Inquisition forcing, stopping you from being the Rambam. So then who do you blame? So then we grow up blaming ourselves, right? We should be like the Rambam. It's, up, it's, it's, our, it's not your fault that you're not the Rambam. There's such a phenomenon as your desires. Why would there be? So, so, then, so then if it's not the Inquisition stopping you, then, then, then who's doing it? The Rabbanu Shalom? So why would the Rabbanu Shalom not allow you to be the Adam Gadol that you want to be? The answer is, because you're, you're, there's an avoida of Pneumius. And it's true in Chitzonius, if everything was, if the entire arena of, of Avodah Hashem was, on this, was in the world of action, then of course there will be no such thing as the Rabbanu Shalom ever holding a Jew back from accomplishing great things. But that's not the only environment. Part of the, 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 the avoida of Golis is to fix the world of Pneumius. And in that world of Pneumius, it demands not being able to accomplish what you want to accomplish and to retreat to that place inside of you that's called Ratzon, that's called Mashava, and, that, and that's, called eating the, the, that's called the worm, eating the flesh of the apple from the inside. And then when enough of that tikkun takes place, coupled with the world of action as well, then all of a sudden the apple falls apart. So Mashiach is sudden, but when Mashiach comes, what we're going to realize is that it's been actually happening slowly for all, all these generations, that the inside of the apple has, been, has, has slowly but surely been, been consumed. So on the outside, we feel Yudhis Daras, we feel the descent, and we feel that we're not as great as, as we used to be, and it feels like the apple's not being, uh, d- not being touched at all. But really, what's going to, and then when Sheikh comes, it's going to be like a shocking thing. But that is going to reveal to us this, this, uh, this other side of Avaida, which is called Pneumius. Be'ita Achishana. They're both of the same, right? So it's Be'ita Achishana, exactly. It's going to feel like Achishana, but it was, no, it's exactly the right time because it's been a process that's been working itself out for centuries. That's, that's why you read the Zedaris is not such a, a depressing thought anymore. It just, it just means that you're being put in a different environment of Avaida. It's the environment of Pneumius, which is not a bad place to be. Now this idea, now the Rachal goes further in this piece and in piece number one, there's a, on the outside, it sounds like a very scary or like strange idea, but based on this understanding, it's something that we all, I think we all experience. In the Surah Dash we find this idea of Mashiach ben Yosef and the tzaddikim suffering in Gaulus with the Jewish people. There's such a, in the Zarah we find this in many places, that Moshe Rabbeinu, for example, okay, Moshe, the, 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 there's a few, you know, two, two, three big tzaddikim that accepted upon themselves to suffer with the Jewish people in order to uh, bear the burden of Golis to bring Mashiach quicker and softer. Moshe Rabbeinu, Mashiach ben Yosef, and Mashiach ben David. Throughout the Zarkadosh, we find this idea. Even in the Gemara, this is hinted to. The Gemara talks about stories where certain Amaroyim wanted to meet Mashiach, Rabbi and Levi, and the other tzaddik, and they asked him, you know, and, they, and he asked Elianovi, where's Mashiach? And he said, well, Mashiach is by the gates of Rome. And he's a Mitzayra, he's leprous, and he's replacing his bandages. Means Mashiach is described as someone that's sick. Someone that's sick. And this is true for Mashiach ben David, it's true for Mashiach ben Yosef, and the Zara says even Mashiach ben as well. Now that's a strange idea, it's a little bit, we, we think of maybe other religions when we think of this idea of like someone suffering for our, for our sins. But these are, these are true ideas, obviously other religions have, have, have distorted it and like, brought it to a place that's completely unholy. But these ideas are true, that there's such a thing that tzaddikim suffer for us and with us. What does that mean? What does that mean? So, 
okay, it, it, it's a big sogi. Take a look at Marmok number one. <clears throat> it says in Pasuk, again, this is from also Igris from Chal, Igeris Lamin Ches, Kosovo. It says in Pasuk, Asher Yagever Asher Teasrenu Ka, Umitiros Nasalandenu. Praiseworthy is the, is the person that Hashem makes them suffer. Okay? This Pasuk is talking about Al-Mashiach ben Yosef. It's talking about Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, Mashiach Moshe Rabbeinu, that they're put in a position of suffering in order to hasten Geula. Now he explains like this. Amita who really to, understand, to appreciate this, you have to understand that, I'll tell you outside what he says. This is a little bit on the side, so if this is confusing, don't worry about it. But it's, it's good to know. Rechal says, you know, there's an idea, we've all, I'm sure we were all familiar with this, that every generation has, like, people that can be Mashiach. Like, how, how exactly does that work? So the way that Rechal says it is that you have to think of it in, in these terms. There, there, that, that person, that, that, um, every generation has a person that if, the right, if, if we're worthy, if, if the time is right, he's going to be Mashiach. Now, what exactly what does that mean? Like, Hashem just gives them a phone call and, like, okay, you're it, step up, like, let's do it. The way the Ramchal explains, no, 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 there, there is that person, that person that can be Mashiach, whether it be Mashiach bin Yosef, Mashiach bin David, you name it, when the time comes that it'll be Gula, what he's going to be given is, is the neshama that he has is going to be, um, he's going to be given the, the neshama of Mashiach. In other words, uh, uh, how do I describe this? There's, uh, the, 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 in the, nish- the way the neshama works, if we just think of it like, as just like a flying light orb or something, you know what I mean? But there's, there's mechanics to it. There's, a neshama has five basic parts. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chay, and yichida. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chay, and yichida. Every, every generation has a person that's capable of being Mashiach, and he might have the nefesh, ruach, neshama, and chaya of Mashiach. The yichida which is the highest part, the crown of that neshama, the highest part of that neshama only, only b- descends into this world and becomes attached to that person when it's the right time. So when Mashiach comes, it's not just like he gets a phone call. It means that he's being given this higher part of his own neshama. That's called the crown of Mashiach. That's what that means. Says the Ramchal, this is the Nakuda. When Chazal and the Zarkadosh talk about Mashiach ben Yosef suffering in Galas and Mashiach ben David suffering in Galas and Moshe ben suffering in Galas, it means that that crown of Mashiach, even before it's actually descended and given to that person, and now he's Mashiach, that part of the neshama that's called Yechida also is, is, is it, 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 it becomes a part of this world but not attached to the person necessarily, not becoming one with the person, but it becomes in the world to experience the frustration of being in the world and not being able to, to, to bring its kaychas out. In other words, there's the, the, if that crown of Mashiach, it's one thing if it's in Shemaim, so it, uh, you know, it's able to do its thing. But what if that crown of Mashiach, that highest part of the neshama, is actually in planet Earth, in that person that's eventually going to be Mashiach or, or capable of being Mashiach, but it's not able to really connect with that person. It's not able to really attach itself. It's not able to really express itself and bring out its kaychas. That's, deep, that's deeply frustrating. Says the Ramchal, that's what it means that Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef are suffering Galas. It means that the Nisham of Mashiach ben Yosef, the Nisham of Mashiach ben Yosef are 
are sent to this world, but they're not able to really take hold of the person that they're in. They're not able to really integrate themselves with the person that they, that they're, that they want to become attached to, and they're not able to express their kaychas. That frustration, that frustration that Moshe Mbrenu feels in being in the world, but not being able to have a voice to scream out and to be a Moshe Rabbeinu, and the pain that Mashiach ben Yosef feels of that crown of Mashiach ben Yosef being in the world, but not able to really bring its kaychas out because it's sort of like hovering over this guy, but not able to really integrate into him and to bring the kaychas out, that's a deep frustration. And says Ramchal, that frustration, that pain that Mashiach ben Yosef and Moshe Rabbeinu feel, that's the pain, that's the avoida, that's not, what, what is that pain for, what does that do? That's the avoida of Pneumius. That's the way the is. So this idea of the Jewish people being put in positions where we're not able to keep their mitzvahs, which means that our avayda then at that moment is to, is to develop that rotsen and to feel the frustration of not a- able to keep their mitzvahs. But that means that we are now in the belly of the beast and we're the worm eating the, the apple on the inside. We're not, we're not the only ones to do that. That's the avayda of Meshech ben Yosef and that's the avayda of, Mish- of Meshach ben Even Meshech ben David also experiences that. So even the, the biggest neshamas and the biggest tzaddikim, that's, that's their portion of galas. They also feel that frustration. So he says like this. Let's say the next paragraph. Let's say Meshach ben Yosef, for example. That crown, that when the right time comes, will become integrated in the person that's alive with the capability of receiving that crown. And then everything will be, you know, every, all the lights will go on. Everything will be gavaldic. Even before that time comes, it's not just that crown, it's not just in Shemayim enjoying itself. It's also stuck down here, but in a way that it's, it's not able to integrate. It's not able to connect to that person that it wants to connect to. And it's not able to express itself. So that neshama, so again, hinu Mashiach ben Yosef, chilek amagilai, that chilek. That, that's the crown of that of, of Mashiach ben Yosef, who mislabesh b'kolais mahanashamas haruyas lias Mashiach ben Yosef. In this world right now, even before Galus, it's mislabesh, it's in clothes, it's stuck in that person. But what? Bislabshus gemura, it's stuck in that person. Rakshini chalifal klal, but it's not able to to become to become accessed by the person. It's like hovering over the guy's head, but it's not able, the person doesn't know it, that crown is not integrated in the person's neshama in a real way, so it's like, it's stuck in this limbo. And neshama, and, and Mashiach ben Yosef says to itself, the crown says to itself, Rabbanishon, what is this in you over here? Either bring me to, give me back to Gan Eden, where I'm able to be myself, or bring me to this world and let me connect with this guy that I'm supposed to connect to and let's get the show on the road. But this Indian you know, of being poured in this world, which means I'm not a Ganadin, so I can't uh, have the charusas I want to have, you know, and can't uh, express myself properly. But, and I'm in this world, but I'm not able to connect with, this, with, this, with, with the person that I'm supposed to connect with to be the crown to his head and to really <laughs> activate myself. I'm just stuck in this limbo, this frustrating place. What's the tachlis of that? Well, it says, says it like this. And this is, this is the greatest pain for that crown of Mashiach ben Yosef. My, uh, any, any, okay, Mashiach ben David is a different Indian. Veikar HaYisurim, he says, and the main pain is Chisarin HaKayach, is this pain of what? Of not being able to bring out your Kayachas properly. That's a deep pain. In that person, the crown is sort of hovering. And all these big Madregas of what Mashiach ben Yosef can be is, is stuck in, in, in potential. It's in a great hidden place. And he's unable to bring out his kaychas. The neshama is not able to bring out itself. 
And this is what we find in the Zohar Kodesh in many places. That Mashiach is, is placed amongst the Erev Rav. And that's what it means, that he's not able to bring himself out. So this Indian of being in the place of Pneumius, the belly of the beast, and being Masakin Tikunim in that place by the frustration and by the inability to work and to really bring your Kaichas out, that's not just by the Inquisition, God forbid, and it's not just when you're stuck in traffic and you want to get to Shul, but now you can't. Meshech ben Yosef goes through that, Moshe Rabbeinu goes through that, and it's a big Indian. That's the avoid of being Masakin Pneumius. And when Meshech, when the right time comes, when the right time comes for Meshech to come, it's going to be revealed that, the, the, that a major part of that avaida of, of what allows the ultimate redemption is not just the people on the front lines fighting the battle in Chitzanias, but was also those Yidin fighting the battle in Primus. Okay, This, by the way, opens a whole window, a whole door, I'm not going to talk about this too much, but those Yidin that, until now we're talking about like inquisitions, or people, uh, you know, because of situations, you read this diary, you're not able to keep their mitzvahs, but what about Yidin that were born in environments where they don't even know about Torah mitzvahs. That's also part of the sogya. That's also a means that they're being put in the place of Pneumius. Okay, that obviously, you know, we have to be makar of them, but, but, to th- but, to, but it's also incorrect to think that a neshama in this world is just not doing anything. That, if a, if a yid is born into, a, you know, not a, a Torah environment, it's not like he doesn't have a neshama, chas v'shom. And it's not like the neshama deep down doesn't want to keep Shabbos. The neshama desperately wants to keep Shabbos. And the neshama is in desperate pain and different, uh, you know, wanting to experience what Shabbos is like. And it will be the unbelievable, the greatest chus in the world, not only to Hashem, but to the person himself, to allow them to experience a healthy Shabbos. But to think for a second that all that time spent, all those years where the guy's just going or the girl's just going through life, they don't even know what Shabbos is, but their neshama is like deeply frustrated by that and feels like it's starving because it wants Shabbos so desperately, that's not a waste of time. All those years meant that the neshama, that that person's avoida was in the world of Pneumius. Just, like, just as Mashiach ben Yosef is frustrated by not being able to break out and, and Moshe Rabbeinu is frustrated not being able to reveal all the deepest secrets of Torah and the Golas, so that neshama is also frustrated not being able to keep Shabbos. And, 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 that's, and, there, and there's something being accomplished with that frustration. That's called the Tikkun of Pneumius. That's, uh, it's, uh, whenever you're involved in Kirov, again, that's why you don't know who's close, you don't know who's far. All you're doing with Kirov is, is allowing the person to transition from an avoid of Pneumius to an avoid of Chitzanius. And if, if you're able to do it, it's Gevaldik. And if you can't, then you have a Muna in Nishmas Yisrael that the person is still engaged mm-hmm. in their avoid of Pneumius. It's an important message. It's an important way of thinking. That's the idea over here. So let's go back. We started this whole sugi talking about in Parakei, right? Remember, we're still Sefer Yeshua, yeah? So Parakei and Sefer Yeshua, Klai Yisrael and the Midbar are not able to keep a bris meal. Pela, Pile Ployim, such a thing. How's it possible? Mm-hmm. Take a look at Marmokka number three. This is from a Sefer Mizrach Shemesh. I quoted it last week. This is a Sefer by Ramesh Davadvali, a Talmud of the Ramchal. He writes as follows. The, he's talking about why is it that they weren't given a bris milah. Like I said, because uh, it's hot. I mean, you know, Hashem can make a miracle. V'atam shloi molo. The reason why they weren't given a bris milah is k'day shloi legalos es It's a mistake. Shloi legalos es ha'yisoyit ha'kadosh b'makim shloi yusholtim by. The answer is, is because Kla Yisrael in the Midbar were put in a position that their avayda had to be to a certain degree in the world of Pneumius. The fact that they weren't able to have a bris milah, but they so desperately wanted to, obviously, meant the reason for that is, is because the environment of the Midbar was an environment of the belly of the beast. 
The Midbar is described as a place, and Moshe Rabbeinu describes it as a place of snakes and scorpions. What Moshe Rabbeinu is worried about snakes and scorpions. Chazal say that the snakes and scorpions of the desert meant all the kaychas of impurity. You name it. That place of the Midbar that the Jewish people traveled for 40 years, that was Sitra Achra headquarters. Sitra Achra headquarters. And therefore, says Ramesh Davavali, when you're in that environment, it's, in, it, it's, not, it, it's not possible, and it's not always the right approach to, 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 to face the enemy head on. Sometimes you can't face the enemy head on, because it's too strong, it's too, the enemy is too, uh, it's too difficult to task. And if you can't face the enemy, the enemy head on, what do you do? Subterfuge. Then what you do is avoid of premiums. Then you accept the fact that maybe, okay, I can't, I can't, but I want to. And you realize that your avoidance now is not to face the enemy head on, but it's to be swallowed up by the fish and to break out from within. Says the Ramchal, says the Ramesh Davali, that's what was going on in the Midbar. This was, they were covered with clouds. They were, it was, they were, they were, they were swallowed up by, you know, if you think about it, like the Midbar, if you use your imagination, like the Midbar is this, it's the enemy. And the Jewish people are literally being swallowed by the enemy and they were traveling through the, the, the Midbar for those 40 years within, over, under the shadow of the enemy. And so what's our Vaida then? Our Vaida was Moshe uh, Rabbeinu Tekavayda, it was Primius, it was, it was consuming the apple from within. And, and, and that's why they weren't able to give a brismila. Brismila, what does brismila mean? Brismila means to reveal. Brismila means out of the open, right? The Arla means to be covered. They, their Avaida in the Midbar was to remain covered. The, what they were doing was unbelievable tikkunim. They were eating the apple from the inside. And now when the Jewish people get into Eretz Yisrael proper, now we're able to, to embrace the other side of the, of the Avaida, which is in Chitzainis, now we're able to face the enemy head on. Why? Why are we able to face the enemy head on now? Why? Because it's been weakened from all those 40 years of being consumed from the inside. So once you have a, a, a soldier on the inside of the lion fighting from within, and the lion is certainly weakened because of that, now you can attack the lion facing, you know, you know up front. To face a healthy lion up front, face to face, that's, 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 that's suicide. But if on the one hand you have a person on the inside of the lion weakening the lion from within, and now you are a soldier on the outside, now you're able to attack and it's, and it's weakened. That's what's going on. Klai Yisrael in the Midbar, were, it, because of the... The whole avoid of Klai Yisrael is what is on the inside, which is representative of what? Of not being able to have a bris milah. All 40 years they're, they're learning about Eretz Yisrael, wanting to be in Eretz Yisrael, but not able to be there. They're not able to be there. And they're not being able to be there builds within themselves a desire for Eretz Yisrael, but an inability to get there. And that frustration is exactly what it means to be fighting the enemy from the inside. And that's reflected in the fact that they have a bris milah. Again, bris milah means out in the open. Not, they don't have a bris milah. It means they're not able to be out in the open. Their avayda is to be on the inside. But that avayda for all those 40 years of weakening the enemy from the inside, that's what's now allowing Kalyasol to face the enemy head on in Eretz Yisrael proper after it's been weakened for all those 40 years. This is what, again, the Rosh Hashanah The reason why they weren't given a bris is Kadesh Legalis in order not to reveal the, the, the unbelievable Kedusha that the bris mila means, that it shouldn't be revealed by in the environment that the other side had dominance over. 
in order that the other side shouldn't, uh, shouldn't uh, take that energy of Kedusha and use it for negative things. You're not str- Kalei Yisrael is not strong enough to face the lion head on without first weakening it from the inside. There are times and there are places for all things. Sometimes there are environments and times in life where being hidden is more beneficial than being revealed. That's a time where the enemy is very strong and very powerful, and you don't have the ability to face the enemy head on. Then you have no choice but to embrace the mission of being on the inside. This is why, let's go back to Parakei again. This is why Parakei begins by mentioning the fact that the Umas Ailam, the nations of Canaan, are demoralized and weakened. So we ask the question that's carrying over from Parak Dalad. What does that have anything to do with the Brismila? The answer is in Pneumius, that's exactly why they're able to have a brismila now. The fact they're able to have a brismila and now reveal their Kedusha out in the open and stand up tall and say, we're going to fight against all the Minias and we're going to build yeshivas and mikvahs and Bate Medjish and so on, that's because the nations of the world have been weakened. How have they been weakened? They've been weakened really because of, the mid, because of 40 years in the desert, Kla Yisrael on the inside, in the belly of the beast, weakening things from within. And wanting ourselves and wanting and wanting and wanting. That's been weakening the other side for 40 years. And now that they're weakened, we're able to face them head on. The Yardane experience was nothing more than just the uh, last straw. It was the last straw. But the weakening of the Umas Ailam has been taking place all those 40 years when Kali Yisrael were not able to have a Brismila. This is why it flows very strongly into the whole story of the Brismila. And this is why when, 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 when it talks about the older generation, it talks about... It mentions the fact that they were not allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael because that was their avoida, and it was their avoida was not being allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael, being frustrated by it, accepting the fact, wandering the desert for forty years, dreaming and dreaming and dreaming, but never being able to get there. That was accomplishing something. That was the tikkun of Pneumius. That was weakening the the, the 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 enemy from within, then allowing the Jewish people to face a weakened enemy and to give themselves a brismila and to expose all their kedusha out in the open and to now face the enemy head on. But only because there's been this, um, this system of this network of spies and this network of, of, uh, of, um, of uh, what's, what's it called, uh, you know, espionage and, you know, uh, from the, uh, behind enemy lines. So then the, the front line soldiers can, can face a weakened enemy. But if, the, if you don't have this uh, subterfuge, you don't have these, uh, this uh, you know, secret uh, spy system behind the scenes weakening the enemy, then it's an impossible ask to say that just, just, just drive and just keep on going in. You've got you to gotta have a chachma to it. So the, first, the generation of the Midbar, those were the spies. Those were the, 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 the way of Pneumius, weakening the enemy slowly but surely in a way that the enemy themselves didn't realize and even Klaiso didn't realize. But then when they're finally weakened, that only just takes a little bit of a push. And that's why we're going to see, now when we get to the city of Yericho, it was not a hard fight. It was not a hard fight. Why not? It wasn't just because it was miracles. It was because you, you were facing a weakened enemy. Where the enemy get weakened from? From all those years of Kali Yisrael wanting to be Tzaddik and wanting to be Eretz Yisrael. When you want to be in Eretz Yisrael, but you can't, that's called you're weakening the uh, enemy in Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Achakelai, exactly, to want it. That's, that's the tikkun of Pneumius. And, and by us wanting and being frustrated and not being able to, but continuing to want, we're being Meshtatev in the Tsar of Meshech ben Yosef, the Tsar of Meshur Benu, the Tsar of Meshech ben David. And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the Avaidah of Pneumius. We're weakening the enemy. And then when the Rabbanu Shalom decides that, oh, I've kind of like the enemy's weakened enough, 
then it just, you know, then you just give a little push, and the whole thing will topple over. Okay, so we should see it in our own days.